The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Custom-tailored investment and retirement planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. And welcome. It is show number one on 92.5 Fox News for the Annex Wealth Management Show. It is good to have you here on a Sunday, November 3rd. My name is Danny Clayton. Good morning, Derek Felsky. Good morning, Danny. And uh, Dave Spano, good morning. Good morning. Well, again, we're the new kids in town, but let me introduce ourselves. Uh, Dave, you are the president and founder of Annex Wealth Management. What's the elevator speech on our company? Well, you know, we're a registered investment advisor, and in today's world, that is a significant difference between financial advisors. We operate under the fiduciary standard of care, and we're going to do a real nice piece here at the end of the show. Mark Oswald and myself, Mark's our chief compliance officer, about knowing the difference between financial advisors, where assets can be custodied, how you treat your clients, so on and so forth. But you know, really what we like to do as we start our show every week, and we're going to continue to do this as we build our relationship down here on 92.5 Fox, is for sure talk about how the market has continued to move forward, and that's what we're going to talk about now. Great. Yeah, last week was quite a week, and and we're looking at the at the week forward. But I guess one of the major news items, I guess, Derek, uh, on Friday was that jobs number that came in, and it was a pretty good jobs number, even with that GM strike. Yeah, it really was. It was better than expected across the board. We saw 95,000 upward revision in jobs a prior couple of months. The U.S. economy added 128,000 jobs in October. Street analysts were looking for about 80,000. Uh, so the U.S. consumer continues to be in good shape. The unemployment rate remains near 50-year lows. Uh, wage growth was 3% annualized, a decent number. And it really defied a lot of skeptical reasoning going into it because we have seen some indications that the economy in the United States was slowing as corporations became a little bit more negative on the outlook, uh, concerned about the trade negotiations with the Chinese and the, the impeachment process going on in Washington. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, you talk about a 50-year low. That's right. It goes back to December 1969 to the last time we saw a number this low, 3.5, 3.6 on unemployment across the country. And obviously in different regions, that number is different in Florida and throughout the country. You know, but that is a significant number, and that means that people have jobs, and that then gives them confidence. In our country, GDP is made up by 70% of the consumer, and therefore if you have 70% Consumer spending, and they have they know they have a job uh, that is good for the economy. As we move forward, that obviously comes out in the numbers. The S and P five hundred and the Nasdaq both traded through all time highs on Friday. Derek, they did. Um, the the S and P now is up twenty three percent year to date. Uh, other markets overseas have done well as also. I mean, the overseas markets are up anywhere from fourteen to eighteen percent. Germany, which is actually in arguably a manufacturing recession, is up sixteen percent year-to-date. So, obviously, the stock market uh, prognosticators and investors are looking past the recent soft pot patch in earnings and, and global growth and expecting growth to reaccelerate in 2020. You know, the market continues to crawl up this wall of worry. And if you even go back even 30 or 60 days, there was a lot of consternation about things like Brexit, for example. We have a little bit of clarity. I know that Boris Johnson said in no chance, uh, there is no chance that we're going to get past October 31st. And here we are, and past here we November are. 2nd. 
in, in November. He's sitting on November 3rd, yeah. Exactly. And that can has been kicked out into 2020. Uh, but that was one of the major concerns that the market was trying to price in. Of course, China, it looks like there's a phase one deal, uh, despite the, some word out of China that they may have a little bit of concern about it. It looks like phase one could go forward. And then, of course, we have earnings. Uh, and earnings have been pretty good, Derek, so far. And, and we looked at a number of reports. I guess we could start with Apple. Yeah, Apple reported a better than expected quarter, even though iPhone sales were down 9%. The company is transitioning. iPad sales and sales of Apple TV subscriptions were greatly ahead of what investors forecasted. The company also bought back almost $79 billion worth of stock in the fourth quarter, up significantly from what they did in the third quarter, which exhibits confidence in their future. If you just joined us on 92.5 Fox News, this is the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're brand new to Naples, but we're not brand new to the business. In fact, we would like to say hello to a number of our clients who are in the area, because many times when we'll go into a new market, uh, we're doing that because people have said, listen, we're snowbirding or we, we've moved here. Um, how about us? Can, can we have that elite wealth management from Annex Wealth Management where we live? And that's why we're in Naples. You know, moving on with some of the other earnings reports, it wasn't just Apple. There was a number of reports that looked really good and from all the way from Johnson and Johnson through the rest of the reporting. Yeah, we talked a little bit about the consumer earlier when we looked at the reports from Visa, MasterCard, the comments from JP Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon about the strength of the consumer. The consumer continues to do well. In fact, we saw a GDP number that was up 1.9% in the third quarter. That was driven almost entirely by strength in consumer spending. But in other areas, we saw United Healthcare and Avi report better than expected results, uh, Walmart, um, Home. Home Depot, Target all reported better than expected numbers. We saw Intel defy the skeptics and reported better than expected quarter. Lamb Research, semiconductor equipment sales remain strong. So the U.S. economy, corporations are doing well. They, they we had, we're looking for estimates of a decline in year-over-year growth of about three to four percent for the quarter. But that clearly was a low bar, and companies are exceeding those expectations in some cases by wide margins. You know that's interesting because we'll have to go back one year ago, and obviously the fourth quarter of twenty. 20- and 18 was a debacle for the for the S&P, and therefore we saw a lot of downward pressure. But let's talk about earnings that we saw in 2018 and the disconnect between the performance of the market. Yeah, I mean, last year, 2018, earnings were driven primarily by, you know, tax cuts. You know, the corporate tax cut went from 35% to 21%. So clearly, companies were going to report better than expected year-over-year growth. So we, we grew north of 20% in, in 2018. And what's happened is 2019 is almost a mirror image. In 2019, we've seen rising multiples yet flat earnings. And again, this is the market reacting to a pivot on the part of the Federal Reserve to lower rates easing and easing financial conditions, which helps to build boost multiples and, and basically provide an insurance cut, if you will, in, in interest rates that allows the global economy to continue to grow into 2020. Now, you mentioned Germany earlier, and it looks like it's certainly getting better there. They technically are in a recession. And that brings me back to the Federal Reserve and the fact that they've been lowering rates uh, and it, there was this inverted yield curve that was certainly a ca- cause for concern earlier this year. But you and I have talked about this off the air and why we thought that rates were dropping here in the United States. Well, the, the FOMC rate cuts, the three cuts they've generated so far, is, is really unusual. It's only three times in the last 30 years where you saw the FOMC cut rates and the S&P close at an all-time high on the same day. That's you know something that doesn't typically happen. But but basically what's ha- occurring is you know the Fed has a dual mandate. 
you know, full employment and price stability. We're seeing no signs of inflation, uh, and we're seeing the Fed essentially pivot towards a more accommodative mode. They're no longer reducing their balance sheet, so they're injecting liquidity into the system. And, and let lot- me just let me just jump in there because that is a big thing. I know this quantitative easing was this cause for concern throughout the the last decade, and maybe it's a secret QE. You can call it that or not, but they are back to expanding their balance sheet. Right, they are. They're they're purchasing Treasury bills on the short end of the yield curve. Uh, the bond market has has clearly liked that. Longer term rates have actually started to rise, which again is an expectation of bond market participants that economic growth going forward is likely likely to be stronger than has been in the recent past. Let's go back and talk about a little bit about the Federal Reserve and the fact that they have been lowering rates. But it, I, my feeling all along, it wasn't because there was a slowing economy. As you said, the market is pricing in some gains uh, right now. But we thought it was because there was such downward pressure from the Europeans with somewhere between 15 and $17 trillion of negative yields in Europe. And therefore, if you're a European uh, institution, you have to put some money to work. You're probably going to chase uh, the dollars where you can probably get paid. Yeah, the U.S. has clearly benefited by the weakness in overseas economies as long rates remain lower than they would otherwise. And it is a global economy, so the U.S. Fed does have to respond to global uh, market conditions. And essentially what that's allowed for is, a, is an extension of an expansion that's now 126 months, the longest in U.S. history. And, and Dave, as you know, one of the questions we get most often from prospective clients and existing clients is, you know, this thing has been going on for 10 years. It's, it's got to be nearly over, cyclical locality will reign supreme and we're going to go into recession. But basically, the, the muted results overseas have allowed rates to remain low, which continues to give business opportunities to, to borrow at low rates and expand their businesses. Derek Felsky, our chief investment officer at Annex Wealth Management. Dave Spano, our president and CEO. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. More to come. Stick around. This is Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management, where we ask you to know the difference. The Wall Street Journal has published a list of questions to ask your financial advisor. The very first one is, are you a fiduciary and are you willing to put that in writing? We've been asking people listening to our show to do that for years. That's just one of the ways to know the difference between financial advisors. People come to us every day with what I call a mishmash. Statements here and there, overlapping investments, no consolidation. Annex Wealth Management can clean that up and put it in order. Our team of investment, tax, and estate planners will work to make sure your plan is clear and coordinated. If this makes sense to you, or if you want a second opinion on your investments and retirement planning, go to AnnexWealth.com. You can learn more there, or simply hit the Get Started button and start the process. AnnexWealth.com. Know the difference. I'm Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. I hope we see you soon. Cut through the clutter with Axiom, the weekly newsletter from Annex Wealth Management. Subscribe today for seven insights built and delivered to you every Sunday. It'll help you navigate the markets and the things that affect your money. The Axiom. Sign up at AnnexWealth.com. Custom-tailored investment and retirement planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. Know the difference. It's Team Tech Trust. What are some of the more frequent questions asked by clients during meetings at Annex Wealth Management? Let's find out. Randy Winkler is Manager of Financial Planning at Annex. He's also a CFP. Welcome back. Thanks, Danny. These aren't all the questions we get, but they're common enough that let's cover some here, all right? Fantastic. All right. One of the most asked questions we hear in clients with our meetings is, should I pay off my mortgage? Yeah, that's a good one. This is definitely the most common thing that we hear. People just want to get rid of their mortgage, and more often we hear, I'm going to pay off my mortgage, and then we 
talk about whether that's a good idea or not. Working toward that is always a good idea, and if you can pay it off early, that's not a bad idea, right? Well, it depends. Oh, here we go. All right. You have to look at a number of different things. Uh, Mortgage rates are so low right now that... It's very cheap money. I know that's kind of a strange concept, but it's very inexpensive to have a mortgage. You're paying some interest rates on it, but if you're at 3 or 4%, mathematically speaking, you might want to keep that forever. Now, there's some benefits to paying it off, you know, psychological, emotional, your cash flow increases. But the question really comes down to where are you going to get the money to pay that off? Mm -hmm. If you've got it sitting in the bank and it's earning a quarter percent, well, yes, then you're much better off paying that off. But if you're taking it out of an IRA, which is where we commonly see people have the, the bulk of their money, it doesn't Mm. make sense most of the time. If you look at it, if you're in a very low tax bracket, you might be 10 or 12. That's still considerably more than your mortgage. We have some people at 22, 24, 32. It becomes extremely expensive to pay off that mortgage. So that's generally not the right thing to do. You take them through the process. That's what financial planning is about. Right. We can actually put a number on there and say, okay, you're going to pay this much in interest on your mortgage and you're going to pay this much in taxes taking it out of your IRA. And sometimes when people see that and they say, okay, I've got a very small number on the one side and a gigantic number on the other, the mortgage doesn't quite look so bad. Another one that people ask about is the lump sum pension decisions. First off, what exactly does that mean? What, what do they need to decide? Right. A lot of companies in the past had pensions, and a lot of companies are moving away from that now because it gets away from their area of expertise. So if you're a manufacturing firm and you have a pension, you know how to manufacture. You don't know how to manage a big sum of money. A lot of people are going to a 401k where you're kind of responsible for managing your own money, and, they, and the companies will give you all the tools there. So the pensions are a lot less popular than they used to be. So a lot of companies are saying, well, we don't want to be in the pension business anymore. We're going to give you an option here. You can continue to be in the pension plan or we'll give you a lump sum. We'll give you a a dollar amount that you can walk away and and we're done. You're done. You've got it right there. And you got to kind of sharpen the pencil and make some decisions. What are those decisions based on then? So the first thing we want to look at is what rate of return would you have to earn on that lump sum to match what you're getting from the pension? So I'll give you an example. Let's say that you had a pension that was $1,000 a month and they offered you a $100,000 lump sum. Which do you do? So the first thing we do, we annualize your pension. So your $1,000 a month, you're getting $12,000 a year. How much would you need to earn on your $100,000 lump sum to get $12,000 a year? That's 12%. That would be a very difficult rate of return to get. So in that case, you probably want to take the pension. It's not quite that simple because you're not just getting interest. You're also getting principal back. They also factor in how long you're going to be getting the money. But in that particular example, if you had a 25-year time frame, your actual payout ratio would be 11.2%. So still, fantastic rate of return. You'd want to choose the pension. Now let's knock that down a little bit. Let's say you're getting $100 a month. So if we annualize that, it's $1,200. What would you need to earn on 100000 to get 1200 1.2%? I think we can do that pretty safely. You could get a, a CD and do that. Then you'd want to take the lump sum. So from a mathematical standpoint, that's where we start. When we start getting into some of the other issues, it's how strong is the pension? You know, a lot of these pensions have not been managed very well, and they're on the verge of breaking down. So even if mathematically it made sense to take it, you might say, I don't trust this is going to be around. Then you might want to take the lump sum. Uh, You also might want to look at things like life expectancy. If the pension makes sense, but nobody in your family has lived past the age of 70, you know, you might want to take the the lump sum there so you have something to pass on to your heirs once you're gone. There's also the uh, survivorship option. So you could get, in my example before, let's say you get $1,000 a month just on your life, but you die, that's it. 
You could say, well, I want my wife to be protected too. So I said, well, we'll give you $800 a month and it will last for both of your lives. And there's 50% survivor benefits and 75. And it's adding kind of an insurance element to it to make sure that you're protected. So there's a lot that factors into it, but we do this probably 10 times a week where it comes up walking people through this. So there's there's no right or wrong answer when you just get it. You got to dig into it a little bit. Got it. We've got time for one more. Um, these are commonly asked questions in client meetings, not all of them, but some commonly asked ones. What is a Roth conversion and when and should I do one? That's another great question. So a Roth conversion is when you take money out of your IRA or your 401k or some tax deferred vehicle, pay income taxes on it now, put it in the Roth and then never pay taxes again. So you might say, well, why would I want to pay the taxes now when I can defer it? So a lot of times we'll look at a time frame. Let's say that you're retiring at 65 and you have to start taking required minimum distributions at 70. So you've got a five-year period of time that your income tax rate might be very low. So we might say, hey, let's take some money out of your IRA, you don't need it for spending, pay the taxes on it, convert it over to the Roth IRA so that we can start building that Roth bucket. Your required minimum distribution goes down because your IRA is smaller. So when you have less control over your tax situation at 70 and a half when RMBs kick in, you've lowered the dollar amount. So you're prepaying the taxes at a lower point. That sounds a little confusing. That's okay because that's what we do th- with our financial planning team at Annex Wealth Management. Whew, Randy, that was a lot. Randy is manager financial planning and a CFP at Annex. Thank you for joining us. Oh, happy to be here. We love doing this kind of thing. Losing sleep lately? The job, the house, the kids, or investments? How about the feeling your investment partner isn't a partner at all? They might be operating in someone's best interest, but that someone isn't you. It's time for Annex Wealth Management. It's easy and there's no obligation. Head to AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. How about some peace of mind with the sound recommendations from the Annex team? We work in your best interest as a fiduciary. That commitment runs so deep, we'll put it in writing. Does your advisor do that? Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. Start at AnnexWealth.com. Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. In the Wall Street Journal's list of questions to ask your financial advisor, the first one is, are you a fiduciary and are you willing to put that in writing? We will. Our team of investment, tax, and estate planners will clean up your overlapping, inefficient portfolio and make sure your plan is clear and coordinated as your fee-only partner. Go to AnnexWealth.com. Hit the Get Started button. Start the process. I'm Dave Spano, and I hope we see you soon. Custom-tailored investment and retirement planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. 92.5 Fox News. We're back. It is the Annex Wealth Management Show. My name is Danny Clayton. Dave Spano, our president and CEO here, and now joined by Mark Oswald, our chief operating officer and chief compliance officer at Annex Wealth Management. Our very first show on this radio station. We're quite excited about this. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, it's wonderful. I mean, it's, it's a great show and a lot of information so far this morning, Dave. But, you know, a lot of the introduction into the Naples area here, South Florida, is going to be helping to educate people about the difference between investment firms and investment advisors. And I think we start with a, uh, with our Know the Difference checklist. Yeah, we feel strongly about it. We've actually trademarked that to know the difference. There's a checklist. And if you're going to choose a financial advisor or if you currently have a financial advisor, these are just really healthy questions. We do this a lot every day across all of our offices. And so one of the things that you have to begin with, this question that is being asked over and over again is, are you a fiduciary? And I know that term is being thrown around, but just this week alone, there was some movement in the Department of Labor rule, Mark. Yeah, there is. And, you know, if you think about the Department of Labor rule, as then-Secretary Thomas Perez 
was directed by then-President Obama to come up with a standard of care for people when they're working with other people's retirement assets. So it was brokers, investment advisors, trust companies. Everybody was going to be held to the same standard of care. And so you got this DOL rule. And then years of implementation that went by, and there were appeals, of course. And the, the lead appeal came from some members of the financial services industry that were going to have their products taken away, annuity companies, other brokerage firms, perhaps. And let me just jump in. is because... If they were creating a product and then selling it, that was the conflict of interest right. that was out there. And, of course, it is a political hot potato right now because people talk about how, how can you, know, you want us to stop creating product. And it, all we want to do is make sure that they understand if there is a conflict of interest that it's disclosed. Let me, let me ask you this. What does it mean when you say create a product? So, for example, if you're an insurance company and you uh, ha- have an, an annuity. ABC insurance company. Yeah, and or I've if decided, you're in a okay. mutual fund company okay. and you're creating a product, that's a product that you turn around and sell to your clients. What we're talking about right now is how do you get you, how do you deliver the financial advice? Mark was going down this road, of course, that this Department of Labor rule, DOL rule, that started many, many years ago uh, under Thomas Perez, who is now, by the way, the head of the DNCC, has evolved. And right now, the person who is the head of the Department of Labor is the former uh, Supreme Court Justice Scalia's son. Son, right. And he was the prosecutor in that case against the DOL. So he led the charge to get rid of that on behalf of the financial services companies out there that have oftentimes a certain amount of bias. You mentioned banks that have a brokerage firm, trust companies that sell products. I mean, those are the conflicts of interest that the DOL rule originally was trying to address. And now we're getting to a situation where he has been tasked, the same guy has been tasked with coming up with a standard of care for people here in Florida and how they're going to be treated by their financial professional when they're working with their assets. If you just joined us, this is the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. This is our very first show. And we're doing a lot of introduction. One of our phrases that we use all the time that the guys are talking about is know the difference. And, and uh, I've known you guys for years and you were using this for a long, long time. It's so important with anybody who is an investor that is looking ahead to retirement or is in retirement to know the difference. Yeah, know the difference. And again, we created this checklist. And when you say first show here in South Florida, we've been doing radio for, for 20 years. Sure. And, it's, and it's healthy. And obviously, you've been in radio for 30 years, Danny. And so one of the things that beyond the fiduciary standard is where are your assets custodied? And that's a real easy way to go through and find out, is there a conflict of interest? At Annex Wealth Management, we use three custodians primarily, three independent custodians, TD Ameritrade, Charles Schwab, and Fidelity. And if you're listening to the show and you're using one of those custodians, you're probably halfway there. You probably are because, you know, in those circumstances, you're simply naming an advisor, a fiduciary advisor to your account that's going to be responsible for acting in your best interest in that account. And it's not the same thing as hiring a retail person or a bank that custodies the assets and then has a trust department that provides advice and then has investment advisors that are also charged a fee, and then they sell you a product that also charges a fee. That's where the conflicts of interest really come in. So what you're looking for in your point, to your point, Dave, is independent custodians, because you can bring all those costs down. I mean, a lot of people now have, have seen where the costs at Schwab and TD Ameritrade and Fidelity to zero. For, for, for a lot of trading yeah. have come down to zero. And the idea, of course, is to take that bias out again, best execution. So you're dealing with a fiduciary.
fiduciary and you're dealing with an independent custodian, you have checks and balances. What the advisor is telling you in terms of the performance of your assets can be confirmed by looking at the statement that comes from the custodian. That's really powerful stuff because then you're, you, you, know, you don't have the hometown bias of the trust company or the mutual fund company or the advisor telling you something that's home cooking and that they have a bias in the way they report it. And the reason why I said you're probably halfway there if you're with an independent custodian is because the second half of the equation is the comprehensive wealth management, the financial planning piece, the estate planning lawyers that we have on staff, the tax planning that has to happen. That's the other half of the equation. Well, that's an excellent point because, you know, for a lot of people, portfolio construction, it ends there, right? It's it's let's build a portfolio for you. Sometimes it's a set and forget it approach to it. And you, know, you really can't do that because you're, that's part of it. But then the comprehensive wealth management that a true fiduciary does brings in all the other elements. Did you created an estate plan. What does that estate plan say? When's the last time it was checked? When you start thinking about retirement plans and the sequencing of distributions from Roth IRAs and IRAs and non-qualified accounts, all that stuff takes planning. And if you're working with somebody who is just doing the trading, oftentimes once the portfolio is set, the rest of that stuff is forgotten. And that's a difficult situation to put people into because you've only done half the job. 92.5 92.5 Fox News. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show, Sunday, November 3rd. My name is Danny Clayton. Mark Oswald is here, and Dave Spano, our president and CEO. Dave, what do you say when somebody says, listen, my guy um, is in my best interest? Well, you know, and he probably is. We're not trying to uh, throw shade, as the, sure. the new term, on any other the financial advisors. What we're saying is there is a difference between financial advisors. And if you go down that list, is he a fiduciary? Is he willing to put it in writing? Is he fee only. It's a big thing. Uh, you know, where are the assets custodied? Are they at independent custodians? And is it comprehensive wealth management? In other words, tax planning, estate planning, portfolio management, and all of this comes together when you have an elite team. And that's what we bring to potential clients and clients here in South Florida. For sure. So how do you start? You can head to AnnexWealth.com. We think that that's a great website. Tells our story. Um, You can click that Get Started button. That would be the first step. And take us up on that free portfolio analysis. We look at your stuff. Our financial planning team digs into it. And we'll come back with no obligation uh, recommendations. It's just that simple. Sad to say we've only got 30 minutes to spend with you this morning, folks. But uh, we'll be here in a week. And we encourage you to go to our website for Dave Spano and Mark Oswald, I'm Danny Clayton. Thank you for listening. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. Losing sleep lately? The job, the house, the kids, or investments? How about the feeling your investment partner isn't a partner at all? They might be operating in someone's best interest, but that someone isn't you. It's time for Annex Wealth Management. It's easy and there's no obligation. Head to AnnexWealth.com. Click the Get Started button. How about some peace of mind with the sound recommendations from the Annex team? We work in your best interest as a fiduciary. That commitment runs so deep, we'll put it in writing. Does your advisor do that? Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management. Start at AnnexWealth.com. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.